God has given you the authority, man, to love your wife. And that's why in the book of Ephesians, it says this. It doesn't say anything about the wife loving her husband. And the only way that can happen is when the husband is loving the wife. Read your Bible. These are things that are important in marriages. Very important. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We are glad you've joined us today for our series exploring God's gift of marriage through the lens of Scripture. As society continually reshapes its view of this key relationship, today Raul will show us that the Lord's unchanging design originated in the Garden of Eden. Keep listening to hear that God had a wonderful plan in mind when He united Adam and Eve, and He'll bless you when you honor Him in this area of your life. Let's listen as Raul Reese begins our message today, God's Creation of Man and Woman. So this morning, let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 28. Let's start with the beginning, with the beginning as God speaks. We'll read the scripture in a moment. Let me give you a little introduction here. This is not the sixth day of creation. Sixth day. We know the number six is the number of men, imperfect. But this particular moment, God is going to create a perfect man and a perfect woman. Man becomes imperfect when he sins against God. When he sins against God. And then I wrote this down, the account of the creation of the land. Creatures on the sixth day distinguishes two types. The living creatures that dwell on the land of humanity. And then in turn, the former are divided into three groups. Number one, livestock. Number two, creatures that move along the ground. And thirdly, in wild animals. So let me read the scripture. He says, verse 24. Then God said, let the earth bring forth a living creature according to its kind. Cattle, creeping things, beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And so it was. It's incredible how God creates the world. But when he creates man, he gives them the power. To name every animal. So awesome. Every animal. People don't, a lot of times, they don't see the power that God has given to us. Not only Adam going out to all these animals, but then he has no wife. And God sees the emptiness and the loneliness of man. How he needs a wife. How he needs a wife in his life. And that's why here in chapter 1, verse 24, he not only talks about the creation, but also the humanity is distinguished, notice, by male and female. Male and female, verse 27. And God says, he created in his own image, the image of God created, male and female he created. We are going to see the divine, divine command of God in God said. That's a command. That's divine by God, and God said, which means we have to obey it. When he prophesies, what do he do? The prophets, and God said. How many times 
Does the Bible say, thus saith the Lord? Thus saith the Lord. More than 1,900 times in Scripture, the authors claim this message was from God. Was from God, not from man. God. Expressions such as, thus saith the Lord, appears approximately 500 times in the Pentateuch, the first five books of Moses, and more than 1,200 times in the prophets. In the prophets. Some 3,800 times the Bible declares God said, or thus saith the Lord. And then he follows with a comment, God made. God made. What did he make? He made male and female. That makes him the creator of the universe, creator of the world. And a lot of times people don't see him as the creator of the world. You know, a lot of times people, they don't really believe in God. But as Christians, we need to understand that he's the creator. He made you and myself. And when he made us, he not only made us in the image of God, but he had a plan for our lives. And Adam and Eve blew it. They blew it in the garden. Otherwise, we would prepare for the rest of our lives. But they came to that place where Eve was deceived by the serpent. And then, of course, Adam partook of it, and both of them were kicked out of the garden. Kicked out of the garden. And we'll see that later to come in the next couple of weeks. But let me read again verse 26 and 27. He says, And the Lord said, Let us make men in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Notice, we see the purpose of God's creation. To be in God's image. To have dominion over the animal kingdom. For men to have a wife. And then to worship God. So God has a plan for this world. And when God has a plan for this world, he was creating it and completing it by men ruling the world. By us ruling the world that we sinned. Adam and Eve sinned. Secondly, we see here the creation of men and women in God's image. Verse 27 again. And God created men in his own image, the image of God. He created him male and female. He created both of them. So the privilege of man... God creating us in his image, in the image of God. The evolutionists don't believe that. But here we are Christians, we believe the word of God, that here is God creating us in the image of God. I've never seen God, I've never saw Jesus Christ. I never have seen the Holy Spirit. But it's incredible the purpose of God that he has for each one of us individually here. Being male and female. Being married or not married. Single guys here, single women. And then those of you that Satan has really just come against you. He's come against you because he condemns you. Because of what's taking place in your life. And I will say to you this morning, you can start a whole new life. A whole new life in your marriage. So that your children, your children can see that. Children suffer. Suffer tremendously. We've uh, counseled with so many kids that have, their parents have divorced. And they don't know what to do. They're confused. 
And I think that the privilege that we have as God's created each one of us in his own way. That the members of one sex or animals are forbidden, considered the abomination. So we go back to the Old Testament because we talk about all these things that are going on in the world today. Like Leviticus 18.22. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Nor shall you mate with an animal to defile yourself with it. Nor shall any woman stand before an animal to mate with it. It is perversion. There are people that do that today. It is perversion. I thought I'd bring that out. It's perversion. First Kings 14.24, he says, And there were also perverted persons in the Lord. That's speaking of homosexuals. They did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. And then, of course, you know, homosexual lesbians. To me, I have no problem with them if they repent. No problem. I know that mothers and fathers suffer through this. They teach kids today to be homosexuals and lesbians. And that's the work of the enemy, Satan. And if you find your son or daughter in this situation, pray for them. Don't condemn them. Don't condemn them. Pray for them. And God's going to hear prayer. And it takes maybe time, like with Ryan coming to the Sean, coming to the God of drugs, and God saved them, and God uses them today. Same thing with your daughter and your son. And then he says, the punishment that comes in Leviticus 20.13. If a man lies with a male... As he lies with the woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. In that culture, any child that was coming against her parents or was a juvenile, they would not go to juvie hall. They would be stoned to death for disrespecting their parents. When I studied that, when I first came to the Lord, I go, wow, this is pretty heavy. He says, their blood shall be upon them. Not on you, upon them. And I think today, it just really hurts you to see so many kids destroyed. So many kids being taken captive, homosexuality, lesbianism, other things that are perversion. And yet the world sees that not as evil. We see it as evil. Now this is in the Old Testament. We don't kill kids. We don't kill homosexuals or lesbians or anybody that's in sin. In the Old Testament, they did. In the Old Testament, according to the law, they did. But because the New Testament is the grace of God, the grace of God, He forgives. He forgives people. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Our primary goal here is to equip you with God's Word so that you can live out His perfect will for your life. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165. And be sure to download our app for even more inspiring Bible-based resources. Here's Raul Reese now with the final part of our study, God's Creation of Man and Woman. And then secondly is rejecting the truth. Romans 1.24, he says, Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for a lie or for the lie 
and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And then he says, for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchange the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burn in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which are due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of that which is evil, disobedient to their parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death. This is the New Testament. What happens? People go to hell. He says, not only do the same things, but also approve of those things which practice these things. Who's that? Pastors, people that approve homosexuality, lesbianism, child molestation. All these things. God said you can't do that. But I found it interesting that in Romans chapter 1, he speaks about 30 sins. 30 sins. Which is, to me, that he says, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, bolsters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to their parents. In that culture, to be disobedient to your parents, they take you to the gates where the judges were, and they put you against the wall, and they would stone you to death. And it's so sad to see children disobey their parents, call them names, curse them. When they've been taking care of you all their lives. How can they do that? Well, I did the same thing. And that shows me the grace of God. That God can help. God can do, I've noticed, by his grace to save these people and forgive them. But marriage is sacred between a man and a woman. Sacred. What is the definition of marriage? Wedlock. The institution but with men and women are joined together and form a family. Form a family. We'll get to chapter 2 in a second. When he talks when men and women come together, it's like two by fours gluing them together. And if you really try next day to separate two by fours, there's going to be all kinds of splinters. That's what divorce does. Biblical marriage is honorable according to God's word. Hebrews 13, 4, marriage is honorable among all, the better is undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. And this is the New Testament. The institution of God, Genesis 2, 18, and the Lord God said, it is not good that men should be alone. Notice, he says, I will make him a helper comparable to him. 
And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Again, he's repeating that. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and the birds of the air and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Notice. And then he says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. God saw the loneliness of Adam. God saw that everything was perfect, but there's something missing in his life. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. And then the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, Ish, Isha. Just add an A to that. Ish is man, Isha is woman. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is not bones of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called Isha, woman, because she was taken out of Ish, men. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be glued, that's the word, glued to his wife. And they shall become one flesh, coming together. Another thing I want to bring up. Be careful, those of you that are young. Don't run to your parents for your troubles. Make sure that Christ is in the center of your marriage. God has given you the authority, man, to love your wife, to take care of your problems. That's why you married her. And that's why in the book of Ephesians, it says this. It doesn't say anything about the wife loving her husband. And the only way that can happen is when the husband is loving the wife. Read your Bible. That's what the Bible teaches. These are things that are important in marriages. Very important. And then marriage is dissolved by death. By death. He says in Romans 7, 2, For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies... She is released from the law of her husband, so that if, while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another person. Why? In the Lord. You marry somebody, and you know, after being a Christian, knowing the truth, somebody that's not in the Lord, you're going to have major, major problems. And that's why we're here this morning. Because maybe some of you find in that area of your life that it's been a horrible marriage. But God can make it a very good marriage if you repent, if you turn to the Lord, if you reach your Bible. This is a perfect time in the next couple of weeks to get your marriage on track so that God can bless you. And used your life. Verse 28, the creator of blessing to men and women. He says, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. And over every living thing that moves on the earth. The only way to be fruitful in your marriage again is to submit to God. To be obedient to the word of God. 
That's the only way. There's no other possible way. In the scripture, we see the purpose. Man's happiness in Genesis 2.18, remember? And the Lord God said, it is not good that men should be alone. And he made our helper comparable to him. God made this woman so that men could be not only fulfilled, but he would feel in his life, wow, I have a wife now. And then secondly, continuance of the human race. That's what God did. Genesis 1.28, again, then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the earth. Everything that moves on the earth, it's yours. You take authority. And then the perversion comes in fornication. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 2, it says, nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, Let each man have his own wife. You see, God made it possible that you don't have to commit adultery. You can have a wife. The only thing is if God gave you the gift of being single, then there's no problem. God says you don't need a wife, you don't need a husband. Stay single. When a person that has been called to be single, to be, notice, a virgin, to wait on the Lord for a marriage... In 7.9 of 1 Corinthians, it says, If they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. You see, to Christians, better to marry than notice that to have this passion where you're going to sin. Proverbs 5.9 says, Lest you give your honor to others and your years to the cruel ones. God proclaims it. We hope you've been encouraged by today's assurance that the same God who formed the entire universe established a perfect design and clear purpose for the marriage relationship. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's program again in its complete form, just call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's teaching titled God's Creation of Man and Woman. We'll send a copy to you for a donation of $5 or more. We'd also like to tell you about an MP3 flash drive of this comprehensive 20-part series, including a bonus marriage interview with Rawl and his wife, Sharon. As you explore what the Bible says about the lifelong union of husbands and wives, you'll gain even more clarity into what the Lord had in mind when He brought Adam and Eve together in the Garden of Eden. To order a USB drive of Rawls' 20-part marriage series, including his interview with Sharon, visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your USB drive for a gift of $30 or more. That's 800-634-9165. To order this resource by writing us, the mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Don't hesitate to take advantage of all of our free resources as well. If you've missed one of these programs or would like to listen to one again, use iTunes or Spotify to peruse our archives and download the podcast. You can also join Rawl on his YouTube channel on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific for Straight Talk a Q&A program featuring biblical insights that will guide you in a godly life.
For help in starting your mornings focused on the Lord, visit somebodylovesyou.com and subscribe to Rawls' daily devotional emails. Somebody Loves You Radio with Rawl Reese is a listener-supported ministry. Your tax-deductible gifts are such an encouragement, and we are grateful for your partnership. Join us again on the next Somebody Loves You Radio as we continue with more in this marriage series. We'll see that no matter what our current marital status, we honor God when we embrace the sacredness of the relationship He first established in Eden. Here's Rawl now with a closing comment. In 1 Timothy 5.14, he says, Therefore I desire that the younger widows marry, bear children, manage their house, give an opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. You see, what happens is you give Satan an opportunity to defame your character, to defame you as a husband or wife. And I'll conclude with this very important psalm, Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is on the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in the season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungali are not so, but they are like a chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.